Hello and welcome to NeuroShambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen, and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So, if you're anything like me and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello and welcome to NeuroShambles episode 9. Thanks for joining us again, NeuroShamblers. Um, I'm feeling and sounding a bit grotty at the moment, so my voice is going to be slightly different from usual, but I, I can assure you it is still me. Secondly, just wanted to say thank you to some of the lovely messages we received in response to the the admin episode of the show, um, which um, sounds like a lot of people are going through very similar experiences. And um, so it was really nice to get some positive responses. I just wanted to read out uh, an email I got from Louise who said, the admin was very relatable, but you missed out one bit. The sodding photocopying and the filing. You have to photocopy the 50-odd page DLA form slash EHCP thesis before you send it, in case, brackets when, the powers that be lose it. Then you have to fill shelves in your spare room with soul-destroying negative testimonies, many written by yourself, of your beloved little people. Um... Yeah, thanks for that. That is a facet that I had overlooked. I'll be honest, we recorded for nearly two hours, Jess and I, and uh, had to edit quite a lot a lot out of it. There was so much to uh, to include in that, but that was one that went a bit under the radar, so thanks for pointing that out. Um, and if any anyone else wants to send in stuff, I, I might make it a feature. We'll um, talk about stuff that, that some of the other listeners have uh, pointed out I might have overlooked from the previous episode. Anyway, thanks for that, Louise. Just give you a quick rundown of what to expect this week, as ever we're meeting a guest this time it's a a guest from a previous episode which i'm very excited to welcome back we've got a new topic of the week neurodiversity champions feature um, and we've also got some tiny epic wins and some what the flip moments as well so there's plenty to look forward to so without further ado let's get started meet the guest so I am absolutely delighted to be able to welcome back to the show our very first ever guest on NeuroShambles. It is Joe Matthews. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, so lovely to have you back. It's lovely to be back. Yeah. Um, so uh, for, for, for the listeners that haven't listened to episode one of the show, firstly, what are you doing? Go and listen to it. Um, <laughs> and secondly, just give us a quick recap about your particular setup, Joe. your family. So I am Joe, and I live with my husband, Phil, and our adult and older teen children so George is 20 and Dottie's 17 both kids are diagnosed autistic George also has an ADHD diagnosis and Phil and I I mean we're just weird as fuck so <laughs> I think we've both gradually realized hang on a minute is that diagnosed or suspected diagnosed weird as fuck, weird as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've both gradually sort of thought, ah, uh, we are, in fact, we've been autistic all along. Um, yeah, so that's us. And okay. we're very, I haven't listened to the first episode. Oh, haven't you? Well, my <laughs> voice, I think I said this, I sound like Pat Butcher after a rough night on recordings. <laughs> 
And so people have said, oh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. All of that. But yeah, I can't. You can't, you can't I'd, listen I'd, back to it. I would die. I would die a thousand deaths. <laughs> well, it's it's lovely. It's lovely to have you on. <laughs> Genuinely, it's a treat. So yeah, that's the introduction to your setup. Let's just smash on with the topic. Let's do it. What's the topic of the week? So the particular topic of this podcast is the theme of social etiquette. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, let's start by saying that social etiquette as a concept is fucking weird. Really weird. <laughs> if you think about it, whatever you call it, it's good manners or politeness or yeah. civilised behaviour, it all boils down to this unwritten set of rules that society appears to have agreed upon hundreds of years ago without consulting anyone. It just has been passed down from generation to generation. But somehow everyone is expected to be governed by those yes. invisible rules. And if you don't abide by them, you are considered somehow less civilised, yes. rude. And neurotypicals are given the set of rules somehow by osmosis the day they are born <laughs> and grow up knowing. Well, I still don't know what the rules are or why you're not meant to say so. I know, and things. it's funny because I do, I am, I'm very governed by. Oh, you're very polite. I, I am. Thank you very, thanks for noticing. Um, <laughs> I try very hard. Um, but no, it is, you're right. I, like, I, I haven't been handed it handed a manual for for what is expected yeah. of in polite society but it is something that you do pick up as a, as, as a neurotypical um from either your parents teaching you um and remembering that because yeah. you know as we'll get on to later that <laughs> i teach my kids but they just it just doesn't stick <laughs> <laughs> um and also you know just by watching other people in society and understanding you know what is expected and and picking it up that way but it is a strange thing because it, it's not a thing i think that a lot of neurodivergent people instinctively pick up on i think that's mm. fair to say absolutely right yeah and it varies from culture to culture and person to person so it's not even one set of rules it's this <laughs> Whole mass of things that you're supposed to say or supposed not to say. Yes, I actually asked. Um, I asked Jay for a definition of politeness. <laughs> I dread to think. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, it was at breakfast, and I went, uh, "What? Could you give me a demonstration of good manners, Jay?" And he sat bolt upright in his chair. <laughs> Oh, and bless he, him. he put on a very serious expression and then he pretended to dab his mouth with a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> that is good, Matt. I mean, that's it's, it in a I nutshell, mean, isn't I it? Get, I guess that's all you need, isn't it? Yeah. Is to... <laughs> Just have a napkin at all times ready to dab. <laughs> I asked him what constitutes good manners and he gave me three things. He said, sitting in the assigned places. Oh, okay. <laughs> not shouting at the table and... Oh. Wearing a tuxedo. Ah, <laughs> so, maybe that's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> it's the lack of tuxedo that's, that's letting you down, Joe. That's Joan. why people think I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine you could get away with murder if you oh. were wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, and dabbing <laughs> my lips with a napkin. <laughs> yeah, so there's this sort of, there is this misnomer that politeness equates to poshness. Yes. In a way, I guess, yeah. in the, that in order to be polite, you have to be cripplingly posh, wearing well, a tuxedo. Very well spoken. What a posh. 
I, I wanted to, in this episode to kind of dive into what is social etiquette? What what are the expectations and how, you know, neurodivergency plays a part in fulfilling or not fulfilling those expectations? Yeah. So, I mean, one of my first kind of observations of this, just by watching my own kids, is that my kids don't place any value on these rules. No. I don't care about like if I'm like pointing my finger in their face or if if I'm standing on furniture or yeah. if I'm burping, they don't doesn't matter to them. They so they instinctively don't see the need to be governed by those rules because it's not anything they're offended by. Yes. I guess offence is one of those things, isn't yes. it? Yes. I think we talked about it last time. It's the notion that so at clubs, when parents will bring kids up at the end and say, you must say thank you, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> I mean, you can if you want to, but why is that important? Well, because like, if they were in the situation where they were... like, If you think about it, right, you do an amazing job of, of putting together this... Um, I'll call it an event, loosely. <laughs> loosely. <laughs> it's an event. It's <laughs> some, sometimes an event, indeed. <laughs> it's a gathering of humans. <laughs> and, you, you know, you spend a lot of time setting that up and probably more time cleaning afterwards. Oh, my God, yeah. That's a huge thing. And and um, if someone else had gone to the effort of doing that, then uh, uh, from a neurotypical perspective, you probably would um, appreciate people being thankful for that. Now, obviously, yeah. in a neurodivergent world, that's a different thing. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, because in my mind, I always think, well, I know they enjoyed it because I saw them having a massive laugh. I don't need them yeah. to say yes. these specific words in a specific order for me to feel okay about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really weird one. And I know it's really important to other people, but... But they're Thanks. they're projecting their neurotypicality onto onto yes. you for a start yeah. of going well. Joe's not going to do it if we don't say thank you. Yeah, um, I mean anyone who's listening actually who does come to my clubs, you don't need to say thank you. Gifts? Do you bring gifts? Chocolates? <laughs> cheese? Thank me with cheese. If that's how you want to say, if you want to say thank you, and that's important, just bring cheese or chocolate, and I'll be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> but verbally is not necessary. One of the things you touched on earlier is that that um, the social etiquette is sort of dependent on this shared understanding of these rules. Yes, because you know, if you like you're saying, if you take it out out of context, you know, there are some things that are rude. If you like the thumbs up gesture. In Afghanistan, apparently, is yeah. it's like up yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, obviously, it's it's entirely contextual. You've got to go. You 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 have to understand what the rules are in specific contexts. Yes. Um. Now, that's something that, as a neurotypical, that's a difficult thing to kind of get your head around. But um, for a neurodivergent, it's probably even more so because you're having to kind of understand the context you're in and the expectations of other people. Yes. It, it has to be an agreed understanding in general, yes. I think. Because it, if I go to Afghanistan and put my thumbs up to someone and they're offended, am I being rude? Ooh. If I don't know. If I don't know. Why? It's like a philos- philosophical sure, question, Oh, my it? God. It's like if a tree <laughs> falls in the woods... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is it my fault, according to the kids? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's, um, for me, with what I've kind of seen in my two, that it all 
boils down to not having any understanding of what's okay to say privately and what's okay to say uh, okay. publicly or to strangers or to... So I remember once when George was quite little and I was take we were in the doctor's waiting room and he was being quite cute and I was having one of those, oh, this is great, <laughs> I'm great at this parenting thing. And he walked up to this elderly man and was just looking at him and I was going, oh, look, that the guy must love it. And then George turned to me and loudly went, Mum, why is that one so grumpy? <laughs> like right in front of him. And it's just like, oh, my God, I'm mortified. But he had no... And I think he still doesn't. No sense whatsoever that you don't talk about people right in front of the people. Yes, yes, particularly if it's not complimentary, if it's not no. flattering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have this. There, there is this sort of lack of awareness of how things are maybe perceived um, when you say. Yes, that. I have this this example from when um, when we had a dog. We had a dog for a very yeah. brief time. Do you remember that? I remember. It was a lovely dog. <laughs> it was a lovely <laughs> dog. Chaos. Absolute carnage. We did not need that variable no. in our household. Um, and we'll get onto the dog in another episode, maybe. But um, <laughs> we'd had the dog for about three weeks, and we decided to all go out for a family walk. Lovely. And, uh, yeah, delightful idea, right? And everyone mm. was on board with it, so that's a fantastic. Now, Tam was walking ahead with Otto and the dog. And yeah. me and India and Jay were kind of hanging back a little bit. And then Jay looked ahead and then turned to me and went it's not fair why does otto get to walk with the best two <laughs> i was like dude i'm oh, right wow. here okay <laughs> i wouldn't mind but we'd only had the dog like three weeks oh my right? god the dog, had, the dog had pissed on his bed it had bitten him when he got in her face <laughs> it had ripped up his comics and still, it's still, above me in the pecking order. I mean, look, Mark, it's time to come clean. Had you pissed in his bed also? Could that perhaps the big yeah, issue? May, that, that may be why it is. You've got to stop. <laughs> but my point is, he was just telling his truth. You know, yeah. it wasn't. He wasn't. At no point did he think that might be quite upsetting to Dad. Yeah, no. He <laughs> was just because... like, this is. These are facts. Why? Who, is... who could dispute them? They're just stone, <laughs> stone cold facts to him. So, uh, and um, were you offended, or have you grown no, an incredibly I've, I've, thick skin? Uh, I've had to, like, uh, yeah. yeah, because if I got offended by everything that that Jay in particular says to me, um, sometimes, sometimes I do when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling a bit low and a bit, a bit yeah. exhausted. Then it is, yeah, because it is. It's quite hard to take when it's like yeah. the amount of shit I do for you. <laughs> Thanks, <yeah. laughs> and still, I'm relegated to sub dog levels. Yeah, but generally, you've got to understand the context of it, right? He's not. He's not intending it. Sometimes he does intend it, and and that is probably when it's um yes. a bit a bit harder to take. Yeah, um, that's but... when it really hurts, isn't it? Because I think our kids know how to absolutely push the button yes i remember when george was angry once he just shouted at me you were too young to have children and it really shows and it's like, oh, oh my, my gosh. god now look to be fair i was 30 
we would have kept him. So I don't know what old enough would have constituted, but <laughs> I think, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never parented a neurotypical teen, but I wonder whether they would have a limit to what they would actually say to you, whereas with my two, when they're angry, that nothing is off limits. They will say right. the most terrible, hurtful, painful things. Yeah, without... I mean, I think, I think that's probably coming. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what, Mark, brace yourself. Get yourself. My advice would be, as someone who's had the temerity to be overweight throughout the kids' teenage years, get yourself in physical perfection at all times because any physical flaw you have will be shouted at you and that can be painful. Okay, I'll bear, I'll bear that in mind. Another of the things that I want to kind of touch on is that Manners, what is considered manners, is is a completely fabricated concept. It's yeah. a social construct. It's, it's kids aren't born with manners. It's not no. something that they 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 instinctively know what to do. They have to have it taught. Um, I mean, case in point, the very first thing that Jay did when he was born was shit all over Tam. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not a metaphor for the rest of his for life, the rest of his life, oh love it. I don't know what is, um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's something that you're expected to learn. Obviously. You know, if he if he did that now, I'd have a few words. Well, um, but it, it's something that you're like, like I say, you're kind of taught by your parents or you pick up just by observing society. Um, but but none of these things, crucially, are natural. They have to no. be. It's learned behavior. It's learned understanding. Yes, and it, I think it. You might have said it to me before we were recording. It doesn't stick. I have tried and tried and like dots. Are, big one at the minute is if people pop round for a cup of tea or she'll chat to them for a bit and then right in front of them she'll look at me and go mum when are they leaving <laughs> and, like, and no matter how many times I try to explain to a dot you can't <laughs> and then I struggle because I can't explain why you can't say that in front of people. You just can't. It's going to make them feel a bit unwelcome and a bit. Yes, I think that's <laughs> the thing, isn't it? But then, then, then Dottie would say, "Well, they they aren't welcome now." <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'll be like, "But I want them to leave now." They've outstayed their the welcome. Back. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then quite a lot of our friends. So if you spend enough time with Dottie, she'll say it herself. You get Stockholm syndrome because she's. <laughs> Absolutely obnoxious, but you cannot help but love her because she's just <laughs> so honest and funny and pure. So then I'll be trying to say, Doc, you cannot say that. You've got to learn this. You can't. And the friends will go, oh, no, no, it's fine, Doc. I think I'll be about another half an hour. So maybe she's right and I'm wrong. Yeah, well, she's basically vetting your social group, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> the people that stay... <laughs> After Dottie's finished with them, they're keepers. Yeah. That's, that is very, very true. They're the ones to hang on to. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's a good, good having people in your life. It's important for any parent of neurodivergent kids to kind of gather those people in your life that don't mind, that yes. aren't, you know, actually that, that aren't really bothered by social etiquette. Because yes. they, they understand and, and accept you as you are. And the other ones disappear soon enough. You sort of, along oh, the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they those just... invites dry up very quickly. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's there's people that you've lost along the way. Yeah, definitely. And, I, I felt and all that's, sorts that's okay. of daft. That's not, oh, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't give know, monkeys. Let's not, let's, let's not lose too much sleep over those. One of the other things I wanted to kind of talk about was um, etiquette schools or, or the 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 insistence that you can teach etiquette to oh people who don't God. <laughs> who don't naturally have this. So um, yeah, <laughs> because there are there are schools that that are specifically geared towards teaching people to behave in really like yeah, finishing yeah. school. Yeah, exactly. Do you think we should send them, send the kids, and just see? <laughs> They would finish off. They would. They would finish the school. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one of them, because I, I got sort of weirdly obsessed with them, just going, "What are you? I don't I'm, like. I like to think that society has evolved a little bit since the time where that was a thing. That feels very yeah. so nineteenth century. One of them uh, claims to be um, like a, a disability first employer, and oh I got God. really pissed off about that. It's like, how can you be? Yeah, if you the very fact that you're teaching social etiquette, and they've got loads of accreditations from people who who work with them, it's like, well, how That's can you insane. be? How can you be a disability first employer if you're placing a focus so not, on something that a large amount of people are not able to access because of their disability? Yeah, because you're what not getting they autistic. <laughs> they, they teach you how to how to behave at a dinner table and and the best way to. Well, greet we know we've and... got that. You dab yourself with a napkin. <laughs> exactly. Done. <laughs> That so maybe, down maybe, maybe <laughs> that's what they should do. If you really yes. want to be a disability first employer, take Jay on, right? Yeah. Hand <laughs> him a napkin. He's, he's got it nailed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I found that slightly odd that, I don't know, maybe, am I wrong to be... No, I think it's bizarre. I think that whole notion of teaching etiquette and teaching... So, again, to my eternal shame, when mine were little, they were both offered these social skills groups in school. Mm -hmm. And what I later realised was what they were doing, with the very best of intentions, was trying to teach the kids how to behave like a neurotypical. Yeah, yeah. So some of the etiquette they were teaching was... um, Oh, you know, when the teacher's teaching, you must sit absolutely still, otherwise you're being rude. Really? You're not being rude, you're being autistic. You might need to fidget and fiddle and move around. I think the caveat for me would be that parents need to make their own decisions about stuff. And I don't judge anyone who finds that helpful or who kind of wants that for their kids. But for me... It's very much the underlying message could be taken as being you're not good enough being your authentic autistic self, so therefore we're going to teach you how to behave in a more acceptable way. Mm-hmm. And uh, no. But then, you know, on the flip side, they are, our kids are out in the world and it's a neurotypical world. I and know. so they, you know, any, <laughs> any guidance they can get that's going to help them navigate that to go, actually, why is that guy got pulling that face? Oh, it's because I'm standing on his oh. foot. <laughs> I'm pointing at him. Whatever it is. Um, it's oh, anything no. that we can equip them with, because that's the thing, you know, I think that's the, the probably a worry of all, neurodivergent 
uh, parents of neurodivergent kids on some level is yeah. what how can we equip them in a, you know as much as possible in a world that is riddled with neurotypicality you know oh my god it's everywhere <laughs> well i think it's trendy isn't it now to be neurotypical they're all, it's all over tiktok so they're all jumping on the bandwagon do you know what is the best tip i've been told and it's sort of autistic approved mm-hmm. um the five minute rule okay and this is specifically i think it works best with appearance that if your comment is about something the person can change within five minutes then it's okay to say so it might be all right for me to say to my friend oh you've got like something in Mm -hmm. your teeth there you might want to go if it isn't something they can change in five minutes you don't say it so it wouldn't be all right for me to say to my friends, um, Jesus Christ, you're ugly, <laughs> or whatever, or you're really fat, you want to sort that out. <laughs> and that, my kids both, to varying degrees of success, use that one, and that's really helpful that's quite in differentiating. Useful. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm going to try that on Jay in particular. <laughs> I don't think it would. <laughs> what knowing your boy as I do and loving your boy as I do? I don't think he'll care. Yeah. Otto might get something out of it. We'll never know. Well, well I'll, well, I'll give yeah. it a okay. go. We'll see. You can only give them the tools. It's up to them whether or not they build anything with them. One of the things I wanted to do was look at what's one of these etiquette schools advises <laughs> in terms of the, the polite and proper way to behave in a civilised society. So for the first question on their website is, why is etiquette important? Um, so, so um, I'm all ears because uh, I have no idea. I'm going to read this with the appropriate level of pomposity in my voice. <laughs> Good. Good. Poshness. Okay. <clears throat> Etiquette is important because it establishes a set of social norms and expectations that help individuals interact with each other in a respectful, considerate and appropriate manner. Oh, That's dear it. God. Opening bit of their website. Oh, my God. Uh, respectful, considerate and appropriate. Now, <laughs> we've already discussed this on previous episodes. Those terms mean nothing. They are not tangible. They are not quantifiable. They are entirely subjective terms. Yeah. Um, Appropriate according to who exactly, as well. Exactly. Well. Um, so uh, for, for, for neurodivergents who like to deal in tangible facts, right, so much of the world is yeah. kind of unknown and unknowable that, that, that my kids in particular seem to seize on, on cold hard facts. I can trust them. Good. That's a certainty. That, uh, but so something like be respectful means absolutely nothing to them they don't want to have to interpret that so already we're on shaky ground when it comes to social etiquette and my kids (laughs) (laughs) so what i'm going to do now is i i i am going to go through the top 10 rules oh great this (laughs) this etiquette school recommends that all people should follow if they want to be considered polite and well-mannered uh, and then we'll we'll test them against their own children. Right, good. <laughs> See how well-mannered they are. <laughs> I've got so much confidence in my two. Come on, okay. kids. You're going to smash this. Number one. <clears throat> mm. Use people's names. 
That's the first one. It says, a name is everyone's most prized possession, and you'll be amazed how doors open. Waiters and shop assistants will do anything for you when you greet them by name. It's the magic word. Wow. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) how do yours fare on that front? No, they don't (laughs) at all. They don't, for a start, they don't recognise people, even if we've known them years and years. So... (laughs) Recognising them would be the first step. Remembering their name, no. They don't remember anyone's name. (laughs) Yeah, this is ridiculous. Is that your boy? I had a club a few weeks ago that a woman came, a specialist OT, who has apparently been visiting your house for weeks and weeks and weeks, (laughs) working with Otto. Yeah, yeah. And Tam had sort of said, oh, look, Jay, this is so-and-so. And he just looked up and down and went, I've no idea who that is. <laughs> and he walked around. <laughs> oh, my God. It's mortifying. So, yeah, rule one, uh, uh, no. Well, that's the thing. Well, like, we're I, not doing that. I think Otto in India are actually quite good at remembering names. I think people's oh, names are quite good. important to Otto in particular. Um, <laughs> Jay, no, no. He went no. to um, <laughs> he, he went to Dungeons & Dragons uh, Club. Uh, recently and he made what he described as a friend um, oh wow uh, that he, okay. yeah I know which is amazing and uh, and Tam went what's uh, what was his name and he went pizza boy <laughs> it's like <laughs> no that definitely wasn't his name he was just eating pizza um, <laughs> it's not it's not anything that occurs to him to ask he doesn't he doesn't care and he will very often yeah. I've heard him say it I don't remember your name and again, like that's a very neurotypical thing is to be offended if people don't remember you. You don't remember who I am. Yes. How dare you? Yeah. Uh, which is stupid, yeah. isn't it? Especially he's got so much other stuff going on in his brain. My, my, oh, I mean, my I'd God, be, why? Yeah. I mean, I'd be upset if he forgot my name. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not impossible. <laughs> it's unlikely that he will, but I'm going to say it's not yeah, impossible I won't rule that it he'll out. forget who you are entirely. <laughs> so just, you know. Just go with the flow on that. Uh, my favourite my favorite story of Jay not remembering a name was um, not a human, but a cat. <laughs> we oh, stayed. Okay. We stayed. Because he didn't even try to remember the name. He just made one up and it was brilliant. I, I, we, we were staying yeah. with, with some friends and they've got a cat called Mojo, which is, you know, it's a cool name That's for a cat. Good, it's a nice great name, name for a cat. Yeah. Uh, and I said, Jay, that cat's name's Mojo. Remember that name. I'm going to test you in the morning. Right, I just thought I'd give it as you know, low stakes, just a bit of a t- he, his name's Mojo, okay? Don't forget. And then in the morning, uh, he walked in and I went, Oh, Jay, what's uh, what's the cat's name? And he just looked at him, looked straight at the cat, and then straight back at me and went, Arnold Sardini, <laughs> without I mean- even thinking. That's an excellent name for a cat. It's a brilliant I don't think you can take anything away from what Jay's done there, because Arnold Sardini, what a cool cat that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think when, when our cat goes, Arnold Sardini may rise from Arnold the ashes. Arnold Sardini, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't care. It's just like, it's what, as long as he's giving it a name in his head, Pizza Boy, Arnold Sardini, yeah. just walking around, walking around the world yeah. naming things so that he can uh, identify them. That's all he needs. See? In a way, I, I wish that I had Jay's confidence to not, to not care. You know, because yeah. I've been in so many conversations with people and I don't know their names and I fucking panic. 
I stress. And die a thousand yeah, deaths. Yeah, it's it, like I, I, I'm mortified if I can't remember someone's name and I'm just like looking at someone to try and help me Don't out. Don't you just ask them? No, because I'm oh. cripplingly neurotypical. I mean, but like I... not not all neurotypicals are the same, but there is this sort of implication that um, even asking them is impolite. Really? Yeah, it's like this weird... Inf- oh, shit. <laughs> I just say to people, oh, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your name. No, that's fine. Do you think that's it, okay? Oh my it's god, I'm my really problem. worried. No, 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 it's my it is problem. It's you. It's you. I mean, if but again, it's how well you know them. If you've been introduced to them yeah. once or twice, but obviously, if you see them, it, parents at school is the worst because I see oh, them god. every day, and I might I've probably been told their name. I've probably been to the pub with them, and then and if I'm, just, I'm just yeah. like, I don't, I'm completely blank, and and I feel terrible about that. So in a way, I wish that yeah. I had the the freedom to not give a shit. Like yeah. Jay, that would be liberating. I th- yeah, be more Jay. I think we should live by those words. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, number two on the list of what constitutes social etiquette is use proper greetings. Uh, yep, it says always greet people with a smile and a hello. Um, hello. <laughs> and th- <laughs> this is. Um, this is actually one of the diagnostic criteria for autism. I don't well, I don't know if it's like a, a, official, wow. but uh, in both Otto and Jay's uh, diagnosis pr- uh, report, yeah, it mentioned that when they entered the room, they didn't even look at the person already in that room or say hello. They just got <laughs> just got on with it. Whatever it was, they were getting on with. Yeah. They just like Jay just kind of I think started climbing on stuff, um, and Otto. I, I don't think he, I think he just did, he, he, eye contact's a big thing for him. Uh, so he wasn't particularly interested. He kind of walked in and sort of ignored them. Uh, and it was oh, mentioned in both of the assessment documents as being something that is kind of symptomatic of autism, which I didn't really How know. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In Otto's case, uh, he ran over to the stairs and started stroking the carpet. As you do. <laughs> as, as, he, as he does, <laughs> evidently. And the person just started holding nice the door carpet? open for him. Not particularly, but I think it was just a distraction for him. It was, uh, I don't know. I think he probably felt uncomfortable about that initial engagement. Uh, In hindsight, I think that's probably what it is. So then he was like, well, I've got to do something. I'll I'll stroke the carpet. I'll stroke this carpet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's quite interesting, uh, is is the kind of greeting people. Do yours do that? Are they No, they don't. I was just thinking, and if we, so yesterday me and Dots were out and we bumped into a friend and because it was an unplanned encounter, Dot just froze <laughs> and sort of shoulders went up and she was like that. But yeah, I don't think they've ever smiled and said hello. I've never even thought about it. I mean, why would you? No, no. It's because it's social Because yeah, that's what's expected apparently. On a similar note, rule number three is say please and thank you, which we've sort of touched on. But what they say is, uh, oh. these are basic manners and show gratitude and respect. Always say please when making a request and thank you when receiving help from others. Yeah. Um, why? Which is just, yeah. Like I know. And why does it matter? It's a very British thing, isn't it? I used to work with a woman from Iceland who never said please or thank oh, you. Oh, really? And did you... Did you... I loved her. Were you... A, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Because you weren't offended or anything. Shoot. Do you I, know I other people who were, though? Because I think... Yes, other, other people okay. we worked with were like, oh, she's very rude. And then um, 
I might be lying when I say I don't think there are words in Icelandic for please and thank you. There right. must be. Like... That sounds like a lie, doesn't it? <laughs> but culturally, it's not an expectation okay, yeah, that you would say please or thank you. Mm-hmm. And for similar reasons, I've always really liked Dutch people. There's not a lot of please and thank yous. On, and, and you know that very British thing of, would you mind all things? Yes, could you please? yes, everything is apologetic, like, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I find other cultures will just say exactly what they mean. And if they want something, they'll say, I would like that. And then I'm like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. And, it, and it's just easier. It makes much more sense. Oh, totally. But, but it is, I mean, I am aware that... that so British society in particular is governed by those two words and, and, and encounters oh are kind of smoothed over if people show politeness in that sense. And uh, like, so I, I still expect my kids to say please and thank you to me. And I, I know I'm on a losing battle, but I'm trying to just prepare them yeah. so that they're not kind of pissing people off by, by, by being seen to be rude. Um, because I think all parents teach this to their kids. Like yes. kids, again, have to learn that behaviour so that it just becomes, it's just an instinct then and, and then you've got that as a, it's almost like a verbal tick, right? You've just got, it's just, yeah. it just happens at the end of a sentence or, the, you know, and that helps to kind of oil the wheels of, of interaction. The next, the next rule of social etiquette is number four, look at the person who is speaking to you. This is very important to, to the etiquette Boy. people. Uh, it, it says, they say, when meeting someone for the first time, it's important to introduce yourself and make eye contact while shaking hands. Eye contact. You must make eye that. I think George's school, when he was in infant school, so a long time ago now, used to try and teach him to make eye contact, which I now realise is utterly dreadful yeah. and they can fuck right off with that he doesn't need to make eye contact a might have told me that making eye contact is actually sometimes physically painful mm-hmm. and why would you make a child do something that physically hurts them shake hands as well it's like oh my god <laughs> dot's absolutely fucked there she doesn't like people <laughs> touching her and she's not going to make eye contact she doesn't like it no I, well evidently People consider it rude. I mean, I so much of eye contact, though, it is, it's instinctual, isn't it? I think. Um, I don't realise I'm doing it, but I know that a yeah, lot of neurodivergent uh, people have to consciously remember to make eye contact because of this rule. They they have to force themselves to do it um, to to not offend people, which is weird. I mean, I don't think I've ever been yeah. offended by it. I mean, to be honest, if you don't make eye contact, I'd be like, ah, oh, you're neurodivergent, fine. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, I wonder if as more people are aware of neurodivergence, will that become less of an issue? Um, yeah, we've. I, that's always been something that I opposed at home. I, I think in school, I think said in the social groups, there was some like, you must make eye contact. But honestly, why? Yeah, it, like you're saying, it, it's it, it can be physically painful to to yeah. some neurodivergents to make that eye contact. So you're forcing yeah. them into this uncomfortable situation. Um, I think part of it, because I know I, I do this in our house, particularly to Otto, and it is, and every time I do it, I was like, oh, I should stop doing that. Um, I ask him to look at me, and that's because uh, he, uh, I need to know yeah. that he's 
paying attention, he's so easily distractible. Yeah. If I'm trying to communicate something important, I ask him to look at me and I absolutely shouldn't do that because A, I, I, I know that he finds it difficult. Um, yeah. And B, just because he's not looking at me doesn't necessarily mean he's not listening to me. Um, yeah. It's tricky though because sometimes they really aren't listening. They've zoned out, <laughs> and so... you've spent five minutes going on about something that's just got yeah. Very often. I, that's a minefield. So I need to I need to find an alternative to that. Is like you know, just wa just ra wave your hand if you're listening. <laughs> or yes, something like that. Rather than or if that. you want to be really cruel, I when that I felt like I was being ignored. I used to um, just slip in, do you want one of these sweets? Heads with whipped browns. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, you bloody well can hear me then. Oh, I like that. I don't try that one. Yeah. You won't find that in any of the parenting manuals. <laughs> no. But it's just something I worked up myself. As we've already established, parenting manuals do not hold any weight no. in our setups. No. We write our own. Okay, uh, number five on the list of, of good etiquette is, <laughs> man, practice good table manners. Oh, this is, God. oh my God. Um, so that what they say about this is, this includes using utensils properly, keeping your, <laughs> keeping your elbows off the table and chewing with your mouth closed. Oh, also, God. wait until everyone is served before starting to eat. Hi. I, no, I mean, no. do you do you try and sit and eat round a table? I'm just laughing because of how far removed from my daily yes. life that, yeah, that just, is. None of those things. Using utensils, no. Keeping no. elbows off the table. I have a problem keeping their feet off the table. Yes. Um, chewing with your mouth closed, no. <laughs> and waiting until everyone is served before starting to eat. I've kind of got the the other problem of just getting them to eat in the first place yeah. as well. So, I mean, I've got my own battles going on there. Do they sit <laughs> at the table? Do you we, try and do that idealised or we'll all sit together and share a meal and talk we, about our day? We we put the food on the table. Um, do you and, have plates? And or is we, it? we, yeah, we have, yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't we just, just dump the food out. down. <laughs> Go out yourselves. No, no. We uh, we we put the food on the table, and I think the expectation is that we start out sitting. I, start, I think that's, I think that's, that's yeah. the best we can do. Um, and this is definitely a topic that I'm gonna. It's going to be a whole separate podcast yeah. about about meal times. Um, separate to food. Food will be different, yeah. but meal times in particular because of the rigmarole involved. But um, it is something that. My kids are not great at, and we had a, an experience once where we went to stay with um some friends of Tam's, and they were they're lovely people and and incredibly well mannered. The kids are oh, impeccably no. well mannered. At one point, the child, I think the child did a clarinet recital while we were sitting at the table. It was like. <laughs> It was so far removed uh, from, from uh, anything. Your little feral bunch of hooligans <laughs> just bouncing off walls. Yeah. Um, oh, and, God. And, and um, I had to witness, because the, the adults were eating later, so mm -hmm. they did mealtime for the kids and they made spaghetti. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. And all the kids sat down at the table. And because I wasn't eating, I was obviously just sort of overseeing this. And 
It was a fucking car crash. It oh, was like because they God. were sat on one side of the table. Mike was sat the other. Yeah, yeah. Like mine was sat the other side of the table, and the looks on their faces <laughs> as, they, as they witnessed my so, kids oh, literally. See, what were they thinking? <laughs> but they don't know because they assume that you know. They, yeah. <laughs> they assume yeah. we're following the etiquette rules, right? So my kids are literally fisting spaghetti into their face. Otto's. Only using his fingers. There's oh, spaghetti everywhere. I th- I th- I may be misremembering this, but I'm <laughs> in my imagination. There was a white tablecloth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just kind of witnessing the the horror on <laughs> on the other family's face as they oh, witnessed my lot. Oh. Literally talking with their mouth full, like they were eating it, which for me was a win. Do you know what I mean? You're eating exactly. food cooked by someone else. That's yeah. like, but obviously I'm sort of witnessing the reaction and how mortifying it was <laughs> from their perspective. And um and the kids on the family I, I could see actively starting to enjoy it and starting to be amused by oh, just no. how relaxed it was. And I'm I, thinking, I, hey, we could do this. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine that they had they had to have a family debrief oh, at the end yeah. to just go, yeah, this is not what we do, okay? <laughs> we are not, <laughs> we are are not these people. Are you still friends with them? Yeah, yeah, because they're not... I don't feel like there was any judgment. It's not you know their I mean? fault. Their there kids are ju- perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. what well, it is, and all well, credit yeah. to them. Well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- no, there wasn't any expectation that we. Yeah, they weren't annoyed, but I think yeah. they were just a bit like, oh, this is <laughs> oh. A, a very different situation. Oh. Um, yeah. And they were lovely about it, but I do feel like they needed to deprogram their children after what they witnessed. <laughs> Um, okay, do you want to know six on the etiquette rules? I really this do. Is, okay, this is uh, number six. Be mindful of your language. Avoid. <laughs> Avoid using foul language, especially in public places. Use polite and respectful language at all times. Um, I mean, I swear. If if the last episode was anything to go by, I swear a little bit too much. I got um, that was. A... <laughs> It's Did quite she swearing. get banned yeah. by Google no, again? I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I listened back to it. It's like, yes, yeah, I was an anime. It was an animated subject. It was about admin, so there was, you know, it required swearing. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I do swear. Um, but I also know when not to swear. Yes. Like I, I know when it's appropriate and when it's inappropriate and um, used judiciously. Swearing can be a, a really powerful tool and a really good social tool. But yeah. I know when not to do it. And I don't think that, well, my well, firstly, my kids are, haven't yet fully discovered swearing. Oh, Oh, I mean, uh, we're in a so golden time to look forward to. <laughs> we're in a golden time right yeah. now, but because what I know is that when they do, the big challenge is when it's appropriate to use that and when not. Yes. Um, I mean, how do yours? How are yours? Because obviously, I yours don't are swear older. like sailors. They've lived with me for far too long not to. But what I found, it spreads like a virus. Once the older one realizes, hang on, these words are quite fun to say. That's it. Yeah. Game over. For you, it'll just go bang, bang, bang down through oh, the three no. of them. Because <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a weird concept swearing anyway. Because they're just words, right? So exactly. actually, the power of the power of swear words is entirely imbued by etiquette. Yeah. 
And like, why if, if isn't no it one, okay? If it was just another word and no one was offended and it wasn't impolite to use those words, they would have no power. Yeah. My rule was they they swear like sailors. They swore a lot at home and I can't get worked up about it. It's, you know, they're teenagers. That's, that's by the by. My one rule at home and at clubs is I don't care if you swear. I care if you swear each other yes. so it's all right to say no i've dropped my fucking paintbrush but it's not all right to call someone a fucking fuckhead yeah because that's unkind and that's yes. that's the only because otherwise does it matter not not to us no but then again you got you know if you go in a job interview I see, yeah <laughs> what experience have you got five fucking years at burger king mate yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever it was. Um, you again, it's you need to teach context. Okay, rule seven. Again, not one that's uh, easily adhered to by my family. Uh, respect personal space. Oh God! So um, don't stand too close to people, and always ask before touching someone. Be aware of your surroundings and respect people's privacy. I think we might have actually hit on the one social rule of etiquette that my two pass because my two don't want to stand near anyone yeah. or indeed touch them. Boom. Okay, there we, we go. We are polite. One out of ten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually, no, one one out of seven so far. Well, um, yes, see, the last three we might smash and then my yeah. family are the winners. <laughs> do you ask, do, do, would they um, touch someone? Jay, they, yeah, they grab a lot. Uh, they grab some that kind of thing, you know. If someone's got something that they want to have a look at, they'll just grab. They'll it. just grab. Oh. Um, uh, which is infuriating, uh, yeah. and also Otto is a bit more just literally in your face and all over you. Like he's not really aware of his body as much. I think. Yeah. Um, and how do you learn? Well, I don't know. You, yeah, again, that's... Temple Grandin taught herself. How to approach people by, you know, automatic yeah. doors. Apparently, she used to go and practice walking mm. up to them because if you walk up to them too quickly, they don't sense you and open. And you've got to find that golden speed of walk. And that's how she oh, learns really how to walk up to other people. It's like if I learn the speed at which this door opens, that's a normal in inverted commas, a typical speed at which oh, to approach. Okay. So maybe there's things like that that people can use to sort a... of learn what's the expectation, what are the yeah, rules. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, like I say, Otto is is uh, no respect of social distance, but he's still a kid and people forgive it from kids. He's little, They yeah. understand it from yes. kids. When they get older, I think that becomes more of a thing, personal boundaries and, and social yes. distance and stuff. And physical um, proximity becomes more of an issue because you know if you, you you encounter people in everyday life that do that, they're, they're just a bit like a bit too close to you. And you... Oh my god, you're people <laughs> and you keep backing, and in the end, it's like you're being chased around a room by them because they keep coming just a fraction too yeah. close, and it feels so uncomfortable. So it's definitely a thing. Yeah. It's definitely a thing that people feel, but how how you learn that i don't know because if you yeah. don't feel it if you don't if you don't feel yeah. un uncomfortable as a result of that then you don't understand what effect your proximity is having on people yes and 
how do you prioritise all of these rules as well? <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, well, you could learn that you maybe put out an arm and an arm's length of distance is the appropriate. But then every time you spoke to someone, it'd be exhausting because you'd be thinking, right, I've got to be an arm's length of distance. I need to look near them. I must use their name. I must say please and thank you. Mm. It'd be so exhausting that you'd end up just walking away. Yeah, exactly. Who's got the energy for that? Yeah, yeah, because you have to yeah. relearn it every time as well. You're like, oh, oh, I, I've, yes. oh I've learned this. Oh, I need to get out of this guy's face. <laughs> And stop swearing. No. no. Just oh, Or <laughs> just use his name when you're swearing. Yeah. Hello, Mark. How the fuck are you? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, rule number eight. Dress appropriately. There's that word again, appropriately. Oh, God. Uh, dress appropriately for the occasion and location. If you are unsure of the dress code, remember that it is always better to be slightly overdressed than underdressed. Tuxedo. So, tuxedo again. <laughs> Just tuxedo at all times. That's, I mean, uh... I'll be honest, getting my kids dressed at all is an achievement. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> if they're wearing clothes, you're winning. Overdressed for Jay is wearing pants at dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, seriously, I constantly have to remind him. Like, that's that's the one rule I got. Just got to wear, I don't want to see your junk at the dinner table, dude. No one wants to see that. <laughs> no one wants that in their spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I've got this mental image now of Jay, butt naked, crouched <laughs> on the table, picking up fistfuls of spaghetti like a wild monkey and shoveling them in. It's for... Wonderful stuff. You don't Wonderful. know how true to life that vision is, Joe. <laughs> but the um, autistic uniform, Crocs. Do yours wear Crocs? Oh my God, yes. Uh, Crocs and onesies. That's the that's the the staple. Yeah. And I've tried. I've tried. And again, clothing is going to be a whole separate episode. I'm really kind of interested oh to God. talk about yeah. that. Um, but you know, it, it's it's kind of having an awareness of what to wear in certain situations. I think is the thing, isn't it? Yes. Like weddings and stuff. I mean, fortunately, oh we God. have not been yeah. invited for, to a wedding for for a long time now. I <laughs> wonder why that a is. Yeah. For that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if that does happen, that that I think is going to be quite a big problem now. The last wedding I went to was uh, was my brother's wedding, and that was probably five years ago. So uh, before, I think some of their their autistic behaviors became a bit more kind of prevalent and before we were um more aware of it they just wore normal clothes and that was okay i can't yeah. imagine how i'd approach that now no i mean i think it would have to be if the kids can't wear what they need to wear we can't come or if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a dress code that, that dictates that my kids are not welcome in what they're comfortable in i don't think i to be honest i don't think because you know you get invited to weddings by people who you know and who like people you? People who so, love you, exactly. Want, yeah. So yeah. they'll 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 they kind of get it. And if they if they don't, then I don't want to go anyway. Then yeah. But it is um, on the boys' back. Is he dressed appropriately, Joe? <laughs> he looks really nice, actually. Because that's the thing as well. They do come out the other side and develop an interest in hygiene and 
uh, sort of wearing clothes and develop their own sense of style. Yes, and that's but, um, the thing, isn't it? That's yeah, the, you, it's you've... it's their own sense. That's the crucial thing. It has to be driven by them. It has to yeah. be their their choice. And, yeah. and I I fully expect, given Jay's essentially Victorian demeanour. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna evolve into someone who wears like a tweed suit or something. He could. I've seen a program about a young autistic adult who enjoyed dressing as a Victorian gentleman. That could be Jay. He could. Could he have a twirly moustache? Can I? Just I mean, he's already established in? that when when he's older, he's gonna have a moustache and a budget. <laughs> so yeah i mean it's definitely on the cards for him um but crucially we we can't impose a dress code on our kids um no. without no a lot of blowback on that all right i'm gonna go to number nine uh, of the etiquette rules because this is one that my kids fall down on quite badly as well um number nine be interested in others um, <laughs> so this is pay attention to what people are saying and show interest in their opinions. Avoid interrupting or dominating the conversation. Also, be respectful and considerate of other people's opinions. Um, oh dear God! So many, <laughs> so many issues there. Respectful and considerate. Again, we've got again we've got those those completely nonsensical woolly words. Um, yeah. Let, Interest in others. Do do yours show an interest in other people? I mean, I think <laughs> Dot's better at it because she's got that innate girl sociability. Mm-hmm. George, if he doesn't find what someone saying is interesting, he'll just change the subject. He will interrupt <laughs> and change the subject. And I don't know, but he's got lots of friends, so I don't know how he gets away with it. Well, if I'm because honest. he, I guess, yours, listen. No, oh, sweet Jesus. Sorry, no. go on. No, I mean, <laughs> no, they don't. Um, they listen if it directly interests them or if it pertains to anything that they, yeah. they kind of want to do. But if I'm talking about something else, they just they just zone out. You can see them just switching off. Yeah. Like Jay will just do that yeah. and then and then wait until my voice has stopped. I've stopped talking <laughs> and then he'll yeah. launch into what he wanted to say in the first place. So it was evident that he was just waiting exactly. for the dr- It's like the teacher. I imagine that in my in his head, I'm the teacher from Snoopy in Charlie Brown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually oh. the teacher stops and then the, 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 the answer comes of just what he wanted to say in the first place. So he, he, he's oh, not going to show an interest in something just to be polite. It's never going to happen. I've been working with George on it because he's also, he can be quite socially anxious mm-hmm. of late, which is a new, because he was always very hedonistic and outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um... And, yeah, we've been working on you can ask people questions and that's how you, if you feel awkward in a conversation, because everyone enjoys talking about themselves. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I would make him do it to be polite, though. I'm sort of trying to help him learn to ask questions just to get through social scenarios. I mean, one of the things that's mentioned in that one is uh, is about not interrupting. 
that that is a massive problem in our house and it's so infuriating whenever tam and i is having a conversation (laughs) we're constantly interrupted and i get why that is perceived as rude because it's basically saying what you're talking about is not important it is nowhere near as important of this as this um and otto is particularly uh bad at interrupting because he he wants to join us i guess he wants to to be sociable so he'll just interrupt what we're talking about but it's never anything of importance because he could you know like interruptions are acceptable if it's like you know the bin's on fire yeah that's you know that's an important yes you're right that that, you would want that is yes that is more important than what you're talking about i'm pretty fair you know, I, I think yeah. you can fairly say. Um, yeah. But it's not that. He will interrupt to say, do you want to hear about the goal I scored at lunchtime? Uh, so like, there is only what? one acceptable answer. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> yes, I do, but not right now. Yeah. Is, is actually yeah. the only acceptable answer. Um, so I actually implemented a system once. Once. <laughs> when, 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 when we were eating, where... I made the kids put their hand up if they wanted to talk. <laughs> I love it. And it worked. It worked really well oh for a little God. bit. It was absolutely wonderful. So I would be talking to one, answering one of the kids' questions. And rather yeah. than them just firing another one at me and talking over their sibling, they put their hand up. Oh, and for a little me. brief moment in time, it felt like I was at a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Yes, you. I'll take your question <laughs> next. Otto from the Daily Mail. What have you got to say? <laughs> um, yeah, it was really, it, it worked for a very, very short amount of time. But now we're back to just talking just over each other and chaos. firing. Yeah. yeah, and not waiting for me to answer before the next question comes in and that, that kind of thing. And I get why that is seen as rude. Because... Thinking about my own experiences, I genuinely struggle to know when it's my turn to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm better in person or when I can see the other person. On the mm-hmm. phone, I, I'm terrible. I hate phone calls because how do you know? How do people know? I don't know. They're, yeah, that's interesting because, I, I, like, I feel, I feel like I... <laughs> feel like it could do it it's not a thing i'm conscious of not being able to do which doesn't necessarily mean that i don't do it it's just it's i'm not conscious of of a, a difficulty with knowing when it's my turn to talk yeah. but it is weird isn't it that's a very yeah that's an interesting thing of like, when the pause is long enough and now you've made me really self-conscious See? while i'm having this conversation now you're thinking about <laughs> it do you just wait for the other person to stop you have to wait for them to stop but how do you know when they've stopped or if they're just doing a pause for emphasis? So it's a minefield. <laughs> Have you stopped now? Or are you yeah, pausing? I've stopped. Yeah, okay, no, it's good. good. <laughs> this is podcast gold. You know, it is. Just um... Spend the rest going, have you stopped? Yes. Is it my turn? <laughs> to raise your hand <laughs> when it's your turn to speak. Um, interruptions are a bit of a nightmare. And also the other one is being respectful of other people's opinions. Again, No, no uh... respect whatsoever. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's very rarely the case, particularly with Jay. Um, we, there's no such thing is agreeing to disagree no with no. with jay it's like no, i will agree that you are wrong is the, yeah. what i get from jay um so i'm wrong and he's right end of story and that yeah. is the case 
all Every the time. Every single time. There are no um, exceptions to that. No, because there can't be two viewpoints. There's only one viewpoint, and that's his yeah. viewpoint. Yeah. And my viewpoint is not his viewpoint, therefore wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's a... <laughs> yeah, he fails hard on that, that particular uh... facet of etiquette. Um, the final one. The uh-huh. final one and the rules of, of, of social etiquette, as defined by the... Uh, not going to say the name of the school, but the etiquette Please. school. I want, I want to go there. <laughs> I'm not, it's not one I'm going to be linking in the show notes. <laughs> that way. Uh, is this? It is be mindful of other people's feelings. Oh God! Yeah. It is important to show those around us that we respect them and are considerate to their feelings. Again, respectful and considerate is. is yeah. It's. I mean, it, it's something that underpins a lot of the rules that everything that we've discussed is not hurting other people's feelings, not offending people, not making them uncomfortable. Um, It's about them. Yeah. And that's something that doesn't come naturally to my kids. And for many neurodivergent kids is understanding how other people perceive their behavior. Yes. And why the other person might feel upset by things that they've said or done. Um, Because I, I know for my two, the notion that autistic people don't have empathy is utter nonsense. They absolutely do have empathy and they care about people's feelings and they're they're loving, loving little people. They're just really fucking (laughs) by neurotypical standards. Yes, that's the thing, isn't it? Yes, they're kind of the kicker of it. They don't want to be offensive or rude or you know behave in a way that hurts feelings but yeah. they don't have the understanding and, of what and that the proof might be there, the, the proof there is that neurodivergence in the same conversation are not offended yes you exactly. know so it's like neurotypicals have written the rules to which everyone needs to, to supposedly adhere to otherwise you're not you're not in the gang. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and it's just it's it's so hard. It must be such a struggle. Genuinely, I like to, for my kids, uh, and especially as they're getting uh, getting older, and they're going to start sort of being around uh, other kids where social interaction is so much more important. To have to yes. be governed by these rules they don't get must be exhausting for them. Yeah, which but- is they need. Well, for me, my kids needed their tribe. And mm-hmm. so they both predominantly have autistic or neurodivergent friendships. They've got mm-hmm. maybe one or two token neurotypicals <laughs> as friends. Tokens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and because that's a safe place for them to be, Yes. Is with other people who won't take offence over something yeah. completely Absolutely. arbitrary that they don't yeah. understand. And that's and, um, my hope. That's my yeah. hope for, for all of my kids is that they find people who are, well, you do. I think you do. I mean, we do as families as well. We hang out with families who are not uh, appalled yeah. by us. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's a low bar. It's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you've got to do right it's so anyone yes. who, who is is instinctively um sort of 
irritated by the way that you are can do one it's like yes i've got there's not enough time in my life for, for yeah. people who are going to disapprove of what we do and that's okay you can you can go and find neurotypical families there are many more of those to to grace yeah. your life with that's fine yeah um and we'll go and disgrace other people's lives <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um, that's the key to it all is that you find your group of people with whom you don't have to follow the unwritten rules because then you can relax yes. and be yourselves and actually you know, maybe even enjoy life a bit. But maybe we teach <laughs> our kids a, a little bit. Maybe we teach our kids enough of the rules so that when they go into that context where they have to, that they're able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the positives as well, because I've been thinking about this. Like, I some of my favourite people, yourself included, Joe, are <laughs> the people that that don't follow those rules. Yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not bound by those rules. It's it's sort of um, it's much more enjoyable when people don't stand on ceremony, right? That whole yeah. thing about you know behaving in a proper way. I much prefer improper people. They're much Good. more fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so the people that call that out all kind of uh, are more more fun to be around. I think, and sometimes. There is nothing funnier than people breaking social etiquette. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, I remember a time, one of the funniest things I can ever remember was when I was probably about eight and mm -hmm. I was at school. And I went to a school that had school assemblies where we would have to do a prayer. Okay. Um, as you can tell, it's had a big impact on my life. I'm highly religious. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. We had to do a prayer and... One of the funniest things I ever remember is is doing a prayer and it was absolutely silent. Everyone had got yeah. their heads bowed and they were praying and then someone did a massive fart. <laughs> right? Like it echoed around this sports hall. Yeah. And I, I remember just the, the shock, the initial shock. And then the absolute <laughs> hilarity that ensued, and everyone's just just absolutely pissing themselves. Was it polite? Absolutely Probably not. not. Yeah. Am I still laughing about it more than forty years on? You yes. fucking bet I am. <laughs> Farts are inherently funny. I defy anyone. They are inherently funny. Exactly otherwise. But it 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 wasn't just the fart. It was the situation. It was the, the seriousness and yeah. the sort of the you know the 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 etiquette was absolutely shattered at that moment, and it was you know it's it's genuinely a moment that's lived with me. So. There is definitely a place for for those people. I don't know what the, the what the farter is doing now. It's no no yes. doubt, you know, something <laughs> magnificent with it. Do you think they ever think about the fart? Well, like, was it a deliberate fart? Were they brazening it out? Or I mean, it, we, we'll never it, know. I, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to really understand. But it sounded defiant. Ah, oh, <laughs> a defiant fart. Clattering yeah. on the wooden floor. <laughs> <laughs> so the final thing I kind of would would say about social etiquette before we round this bit off is I've been thinking about this. Do you remember in COVID times, mm. uh, which wasn't that far ago, so you remember that far back, um, 
when people had to wear face masks. But yes. some people, particularly who found that difficult for many reasons, had uh, facial mask exemption cards. Yeah, yeah. So if they went to a supermarket with people freaking out, it's like, all right, I'm neurodivergent, I'm, you know, I'm exempt from yeah. face masks. I think that we should have a similar card for social etiquette. I'm exempt. Uh, yeah. I don't <laughs> I am have exempt to follow your you. rules. Well, <laughs> enough, Dot. If she's going into, I don't know, like yesterday we were going shopping in Primark. Mm -hmm. She needed some jeans. She wears, through her choice, not mine, she wears a lanyard that says, mm -hmm. I am autistic. Oh, okay. Because although she doesn't owe anyone an explanation about who she is and how she might behave, it does mm -hmm. stop people being dickheads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe she should get a second card saying... I will not follow social etiquette. Deal with it. <laughs> and then list the 10 rules that we've just talked about. And just, just list say them all. none of these, apart from the not touching people, I've got that one down pat. All of the others, no, yeah. don't, don't expect just, them. They're not going to happen. I like it. Just go into any situation, flash your badge. And just say, I'm exempt. <laughs> now fuck off. <laughs> That could be your catchphrase at the end of the podcast. Now, fuck off. I mean, that'd be quite moving. <laughs> it would. It'd be emotional. It's not all rubbish. Right. So um, I think that's that's the topic of the week put to I bed. I think we've uh, nailed it. I wanted to go on to the uh, the... the more positive side of things uh, towards the end of the podcast where we talk uh, about various different, more uplifting facets of our neuroshambolic lifestyles. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was neurodiversity champions. Um, I don't know if you've got any neurodiversity champions this week. I, do, I can't think of any. Did I've I say something? One. Remind me. You do yours. I've got one which is uh, Odeon Cinemas. And I know that oh, other cinemas really? do this, but... There is a special, they have special screenings, autism friendly screenings, where um, you go in there and the lights are up so it's not so dark and the Amazing. sound is down so it's obviously not so loud. And also you're in there with other neurodivergent families who are not going to get pissy about your kids talking through the show or like getting yeah. up and want, trying to touch the screen and stuff. <laughs> um, See. So that was quite that was quite nice. Again, it's just you know to be able to take them to that that environment and not feel like you have to you know yes. police their behaviour yeah. on, on account of offending other people is quite nice. And I know that um, there are other places that do it as well. But Odeon Cinemas, that's uh, brilliant. I have got one. You reminded shout, me shout of it. Oh, go on then. The Theatre Royal in Brighton. Um, oh yeah, and so we'd gone with family to see a show just before Christmas, and Doc overwhelmed so I approached a member mm -hmm. of staff and said is there somewhere quiet we can sit just while we're waiting for the performance to start and they a lady came up and said oh you know I've got a quiet room we were whisked off into a quiet side room and then she went Amazing. and fetched us drinks and then said right you know you can stay here as long as you need someone will come and let you know just before the performance starts and show you to your seats and it was such a simple, easy thing on their part to do, but That's made amazing. a yeah, world yeah. of difference. Um, so, yeah, big up the Theatre Royal in Brighton. Amazing yeah, excellent job. Yeah, work, Theatre Royal Brighton. Yeah. 
Tiny Epic Wins. Um, okay, Tiny Epic Wins. Uh, have you got any Tiny Epic Wins for us? I was going to tell you about Lewis. Um, that's his real name that I'm using with permission. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. his story isn't mine to tell. So suffice it to say, this is a kid who's had a really tough life. And Lewis is 15. He's autistic. He's one of our older autistic kids. And he's um, he's been helping me at the group for the younger kids for the past four months now, four or five months. Oh, wow. Every week, I think, this is going to be the week that he doesn't come. Every week I look out the window and see him, like, swaggering. You know they do that walk, <laughs> youngsters. Yeah, yeah. I see him swaggering up the path with his vape. He's vaping his massive vape and he's got his hand down the back of his tracky bees looking for all the world like a hoodlum. <laughs> and then he's just brilliant and he does such an amazing job and I'm so proud of him and it just it makes me so fills my heart with joy to see that every week well he's got some responsibility and he's got some trust and you know people who get him yeah so important I I just love this little road man and then this little gaggle of middle class parents (laughs) going he's amazing (laughs) he really is amazing (laughs) and I'm like yes he is yeah, especially because oh. they don't even know the sort of the journey he's had to to, to be. Yes, there. yeah, and he's um yeah. So I'm very very proud of him, and it makes me oh, very man. happy. What's yours? Yeah, Have you got fantastic. One? I've got okay. Here's one, um, and it is a tiny a tiny win, but it is pretty epic, uh, and it involves Otto. Okay, and the Otto has slept. In his own bed all night <gasps> for three nights in a row. That's amazing. Right, right. Which sounds yeah. sounds like yeah, big deal, but it really is because he does Huge. not like sleeping yeah. alone. Um, yeah. So he's always coming into my bed or Tam's bed or you know he 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 will. He needs people close to him, I think. I don't yep. know what it is. And he can't articulate it because he doesn't have the kind of the the emotional understanding to be able to tell me what it is. We've tried to solve it yeah. because he also he's a massive wriggler. He's, <laughs> he's, and, and, and yeah. he's also... <laughs> He's also really awake at that time as well, in the middle of the night. It, it's mm. not like mm. he just sort of snuggles in and dozes off quietly. He is a oh. firecracker. I love him. <laughs> um, so, and he's been trying and we sort of, we don't, we don't have the expectation on him, but we do make it clear that it would be nice if he tried to stay in his own bed. Yeah, and, and then, not keep and us awake all night. And, and he, yeah, and he, but he's really proud of himself. It's really oh, lovely. That's he amazing. Goes, like goes, yeah. I did two nights in a row. What can you do? What will you give me if I do three nights in a row? And oh wow! Yeah, so it's really this could get expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not paying him off. Um, uh-huh. But but it is uh, yeah. So I don't I don't think it will last. But for for three nights in a row now, yeah. we've uh, we've all had good night's sleep, which is fantastic. Oh wow! What the flip? So uh, just what the flip moments to cover now. Uh, have you got any what the flip moments, Joe? Or are you just bracing I don't yourself? Think for... I think well, you do yours and I might think of one. I might <laughs> okay. suddenly go, oh, okay. well, hang on. No, I do know one. Right. Jay came up with a joke. Uh, mm. So I'm going to do the joke and then I'll do what, do I, the what joke. followed. He said, 
What happened to the Scottish man who provoked an angry bear in prison? Oh, I don't know. He was killed. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right. Which is good, right? <laughs> but I had questions. I've got know, questions. <laughs> so I said, I like that, Jay. But one question. Why? What does the fact the bear is in prison have to do with it? And he went, well, if he's in prison, he's more angry. <laughs> yep, entirely valid. <laughs> it gives more depth to the joke, I guess. I can't top that. I don't have, I have nothing. Okay. That's genius. <laughs> I mean, he would be um, quite angry, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's got his built character to, to all of the components of the joke. Um, another one, I was that we were discussing Mount Everest and how mm. difficult it is to climb Mount Everest. And Jay went, if I climb Mount Everest, I'm going to plant a giant flag on the top that says, big whoop, you made it to the top. <laughs> now, try and get down without dying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Providing a, a heavy dose of reality to someone who is very literally <laughs> on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, big whoop. Yeah. Oh, he's excellent, isn't he? Um, the final one I have is Jay was obviously completely infuriated by something that Tam had done. I don't know what. Mm. And I just heard him shouting down the stairs, Mummy, I will flay your skin and call you Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, and I have questions. Why Jonathan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, just... <laughs> I mean, he did neither. To be fair, so oh. uh, it was empty threats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank, thankfully. <sighs> uh, so this is the gift that keeps on giving, my boy. So all that remains for me to say is to the audience, thank you so much for listening. Uh, obviously, a huge thank you to you, Joe, for coming back and joining us on the Neuro Shambles podcast. Um, I will repeat my nonsense about the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and threads, and people are sending some really lovely messages. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, then send it to hello at neuroshambles.com. Um, I will do my normal sign-off, which is thank you and have a nice life. And Joe, you wanted to give us a special additional. Now, fuck off. <laughs> How rude. <laughs>